episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of Seinfeld. And boy, Stephen, we're here for our ninth week. Yeah, nine episodes. Uh, feels a lot shorter than that. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Oh, I know, I know. It's been great. You know, we've had so much support around the world, uh, many listeners from Australia, our native country and America, and even as far as Iceland and the Ukraine and Ireland and... Other countries that start with I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Are there other countries that start with I? India. True. Yeah. No Indian listeners as far as I'm aware, but... No. Yeah, I think we'll the closest one. country is Vietnam. Yeah. Probably. I think I think we'll crack the Indian market one day. Eventually. It might happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And this week, uh, as you know, each week we talk about an episode of Seinfeld and we dissect the secondary characters that make up the episode. Because we all know that the core four are fantastic and they do a great job, but... You know, the side characters do a good job as well. Yeah, they don't get enough love, so we're filling that void. We sure are. That void with podcasting and stuff. Yes, <laughs> talking shit. Yeah, we're talking shit, that's it. <laughs> and funnily enough, Stephen, for the ninth episode, we're going to season nine for the first time. Was that a coincidence? I think it was. I think it was, yeah. I, yeah. This wasn't planned. No. Yeah. We, um, I guess we chose season nine because we hadn't done a season nine episode yet. No. And um, I, I don't think it's considered part of the classic series. I think the golden age is maybe three to seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nine but still has its moments, yeah, much yeah, like season it eight. still holds up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sure does. So yeah. this episode, uh, we're going to be doing uh, The Blood. Yes, season nine, episode four. And I think, Stephen, with this one, I think it's one of the best episode nine episodes. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it for a long time, probably for a few years. Okay. And I, I went back to it, and I watched it about four times. Yeah, it's got a lot of uh, repeat repeat laugh value. Oh, yeah, I know. So much repeat value. And it's so laugh a minute, it's crazy. You yeah. Know? It's it's insanely good. Yeah, everything's dialed in. The writing, the, uh, the jokes, the storylines... Uh, and obviously the secondary characters, which we'll get into a bit later. Yeah, which we yeah, will. Tremendous yeah. episode. Yeah, let us know what you think about the blood or any uh, other, oh, in fact, any other episode, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com or uh, follow us on socials at, at bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Yeah, and if you have gotten in touch or um, subscribed or downloaded or anything. Do it now, damn you. Yeah, <laughs> that as well as thank you. As thank we you. We appreciate yes. it. So the support's been really lovely and um, we hope it continues. So cheers. And if you like food mixed with sex, then uh, this episode's for you too. <laughs> so, Love between a man and a sandwich. A man and a sandwich. <laughs> the most sensual of the cured meats. <laughs> pastrami. <laughs> I reckon that was a really good B story. Yeah, pastrami on rye. On rye yeah. with mustard. <laughs> it's like he pulls them out, to, you know, like George pulls out the foods to yeah. to his girlfriend, mm. and uh, he's like, "Yeah, strawberries, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's chocolate, yeah, that's, that's cheesy." Pastrami yep. on rye with mustard. What? She's like, what? She doesn't react straight away though. Yeah, yeah. I think he pulls out honey, and then she goes, "Wait a minute!" Yeah. He pulled out pastrami on rye. <laughs> yeah. One thing that really bugs me about that scene though is um, how little mustard he dips his sandwich. Um, what a disgrace. I know. It's kind of man to you, George. If you look at the sandwich, there's probably 10 or 20 layers of pastrami on there, <laughs> thick rye bread, and he gets this pissy little bit of mustard. It just, I don't know. I'm a condiment person. 
and condiment ratio has to be way better than that. So. I absolutely agree. There has to be a certain amount of condiment to make it worth your while. Yeah, you, yeah. the condiment's got to be the main main flavour. Yeah, you know, it does. Whatever you're dipping into the condiment is just a vehicle for the condiment. Yes. Yeah. Salsa, salsa, salsa. That's it. That's it. Now, we're going to go straight into Seinfeld news before we get into the blood, so here we go. Indeed. So in this week's edition of Seinfeld News, uh, top of the um, news hour, news 10 minutes, whatever. <laughs> the news 10 minutes. Yeah. CNN <laughs> the, with the news, the news bit yeah. um, is probably the fact that Jerry Seinfeld through the week turned 63. He did on April 29. And did you know, Stephen, that's actually my birthday too? I did know that. Yeah. So happy birthday, mate. Yeah. And thank you. Happy birthday to Jerry as well. Yeah. Mm. 63 he turned. Mm. And um, he still looks pretty good for his age. He does, yeah. Probably yeah. had some work done. Oh, well. Maybe. You know, with his, yeah. with his fortune, he yeah. can afford it, can't he? Good on him. And um, because of that, I mean, 63 is not a, an especially remarkable year, um, but obviously he's still uh, a news generating person. Um, and because he turned 63, a bunch of websites like BuzzFeed and all sorts of things, news sites had uh, lists of Seinfeld stuff like top 10 quotes, top 10 episodes, uh, most relatable episodes, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, pretty regular stuff. But um, I looked through a lot of them. None were especially great, but there was one that really caught my eye and I thought it was worth um, talking about. It came from a South African news site. I didn't catch the name of it, uh, but it just listed seven obscure Seinfeld facts. So I'll go through them briefly. Yes, um, please. And if you have so. any more facts... Um, Get yeah, in touch. Get in touch. Here we go, Stephen. Watch so, your body out. Yeah. So, number one, uh, Seinfeld won 17 awards during its air. So, it was nominated for 64 Emmys. My goodness, its nine 64. Season. Yep. Whoa. It won 11 of those. It all, It was also nominated for 13 Golden Globes between 94 and 98, which it won three. Uh, that accounts for 14. The other three were probably other various entertainment awards I'm not sure and do you know Jason Alexander was nominated like eight times for a Golden Globe or something really but he never won oh, that's that's an injustice yeah isn't because it? Kramer like Michael Richards would win them yeah, yeah, I mean, Kramer's I think it was, funny, I think it was like eight times or six or something. It was, it was a crazy number. I read that somewhere, and I'm like, what? yeah, Jason Alexander never, never won a Golden Globe. I know it what seems like, it seems unfair. He's such an underrated actor, especially as a comedic actor. He's oh, just he's brilliant. Physical he's, comedy, yeah. even you know, not just his, I guess, character acting, but he's he's just he's he's flawless. His he's comedic amazing. timing is impeccable. I know he's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. So um, he hasn't been accused of being a racist, though. So he's kind of got that one up on um, Michael Richardson. No, 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 that was Michael Richardson that was the racist. No, that's what I mean. At least George Alexander has that up on him. Uh, do you just call him George Alexander? <laughs> George Alexander. Jason Alexander. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Jason's probably listening now and going, uh, Oh, you guys, uh, I'm George. What was that? It sounded like Woody... Um, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Well, George was like inspired by um, Woody Allen. And like that's a how neurotic... He, New oh, neurotic Woody Allen with a hint of well it was based on Larry David but really? he threw Woody Allen he was trying to impersonate Woody Allen oh there you go there you go that's why oh, George sounds like George that makes sense yeah anyway because um, obviously Larry probably wasn't a good enough actor to portray the role true so they brought Jason Alexander in oh there you go out. didn't know that yeah anyway, teaching each other things we are and that's anyway the idea. six more facts so number two Jerry turned down season 10 um, yes apparently I mentioned it uh, at some point in a previous episode I can't remember 
that he has some sort of uh, liking for the number nine, and that's why he ended on nine. Yes. Uh, he was offered 110 million bucks <laughs> to make a season 10. Come on. Um, but he turned it down. I mean, it's not like he stopped making money. He probably made more money after than before. So. Well, he makes most of his money from the syndication. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's not like, um, you know, it's not like he's, he's, you know, he stopped making money. So mm-hmm. he probably wasn't too concerned. Um, number, number five. Th- Number five? Number three. Number three. Number three. Hold your horses, mate. Um, So after it became so popular, the producers had to ask studio audiences to refrain from clapping when Kramer did his famous door slides into scenes um, because it would uh, ruin the pace of the show. That's why after about season four, it stops. In season two and three... Every time he enters a scene, it's like Married with Children. The crowd goes nuts. It was Kramerdom. I, I do remember in, in um, episode or season three, mm. there was like an episode where he walks in and everyone's just like, wow. Yeah, people wow, lose their shit. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It was like Kramerdom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, it was like was, prime time, prime Kramer. Yeah. And, and um, that period. apparently yeah. around season four, they, they every time they were filming, they had to ask the studio audience to stop because it was just too disruptive. Too distracting. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Um which I think is a good thing because it would kind of get annoying after like season eight or nine. It's like, oh, yep, cool. yeah. Grandma's walking in. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. It, yeah. it would have been like, you know how Family Matters, remember that mm. show? And then mm. Steve Urkel was meant to be like a side character. Yeah. And then he became so popular that the show revolved around him. Yeah. If that happened, then maybe Kramer would have been like the main focus. Cause yeah, it would have gone up. It would have lost its... Yeah. Because you know, because you know, the networks are all about money. Mm. So the writers would have said, "Let's try and write about all the four characters," mm. and the the uh, station would have said, "No, let's do Kramer mostly." Okay, and it would have been like Steve Urkel. You oh, know what I mean? Right. Uh, he was the main focus. Yep. And then that would have taken away from the show, and I think the show would have been canned. Yeah. Like years earlier, it would have gone downhill. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And um, another. This is the fourth one. This is the most interesting one to me. Um, the original idea for Seinfeld wasn't to be a sitcom. It's going to be sort of a documentary, <laughs> like a comedy documentary, mostly um, mostly true with a bit of fiction thrown in. Like Louis, like Louis, Louis yeah, Sinclair, kind of. I think so. Yeah, um, where it was based on Seinfeld's life, but the the premise was um, basically how Seinfeld or how a comedian would get his material. You know what inspires them oh, to write their jokes. Of course. Um, yeah, being Jerry. So. Um, I don't know. That I think that would have been cool, like as a side piece to to the sitcom, or even you know, like, like a like one-off a, documentary yeah, or something, like a, maybe a two-hour movie or yeah, something. I think that yeah. would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think they made the right move by turning it into a you know sort of semi-autobiographical sitcom. Uh, sitcom. Yeah. And look where it is today. Yeah, that's it. We're doing podcasts about it twenty years after. You know, twenty years later. Yeah. So crazy. Um, definitely made the right move. We did. Um, back to Kramer. So apparently he made 284 sliding entrances during the course of the show. There you go. So I think there's about 175 episodes. So, so an that's average of what? Two? One, about 1.7 1. 1. 7 1. episodes? <laughs> one point. Yeah. So what, what's a point seven slide? He kind of opens know. the door, goes three quarters of the way in? I guess so. Maybe. Maybe he opens and starts sliding as he's entering rather than before he opens oh, the door. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason Alexander was the only cast member who ever directed an episode. Further proving how talented he is. Yeah, and what episode was that? I don't know. Didn't didn't oh, say. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sure you could find out. Oh, we'll if find you out. know, let us know. Yeah, but we'll find out. Yep. And uh, this one's probably the most well known um, out of all of these facts. But Seinfeld was the third most watched series finale ever in American TV history. Too bad it wasn't the third best ever season finale. Yeah. Or series finale. No, it's a bit further down on that list. It's a glorified clip show. Yeah, That's basically. All it was. I don't yeah. care what the fans say. I yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really that good. No. What do you think were number one and two? Of? 
the most watched series TV series finales oh, ever. Watched or acclaimed? Most watched. I think number one was Mash, mm-hmm. and number two was. We talked about it last week. Oh. Another sitcom that was huge. Cheers. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I know, yeah, Mash, I know Mash was the most popular. Yeah, it was Mash, yeah. and then um, then Cheers. Yeah. And uh, it had seventy six million viewers to watch, which is huge. So they were sort of seven facts, which I thought were really cool. Um, there's a bunch more Seinfeld news, which I'll run through a bit quicker. Yeah, sure. Um, second one, this is a bit more, I guess, esoteric, but it's kind of Seinfeld related. So um, every couple of years, the New York Times runs a, an, LA, uh, an essay contest. And um, recently they ran what was called the New York Times Bold and Love essay, College Essay Contest. Um, and that's where undergraduates in America write about what love was like for them. So, you know, maybe when the first time they fell in love or had yeah. their heart broken or what they thought love should be or whatever. Very romantic. Yeah. Um, and the, um, the, the setting for the contest was actually in Tom's Restaurant, which is the real-life name of Seinfeld's Diner, of Monks. Yes. So um, they had that recently. Don't know too much about it. I don't know who won or, you know, anything like that. But just the fact that it was set in Tom's style <laughs> obviously makes it a Seinfeld thing. So the next article is by far and away my favorite. I think this is just fucking amazing. Yeah, what um, is it, man? It reminds me a bit of the um, last week's story about the um, the architect, the fake architect, who uh, was caught during Operation Arthur Vandalay. Oh, yeah, which, oh, sorry, which, which is what we spoke about last week. That's yeah. it, yeah. yeah so... Yeah. I saw it. It was a Popular Mechanics article, Popular Mechanics sort of being a science publication. Oh, yes, I've heard of that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy named John McCool, and he's a scientist. And he's cool. Yeah, apparently. McCool. He's, um, he's Irish. Um, <laughs> he likes McDonald's. He does. Um, <laughs> and he has a, a, a venomous hatred for what he calls and what is known as predatory medical journals. So what they are is sort of bogus, fake medical journals. Oh, right. That publish uh, medical articles. Um, for pay, so you know, in the science world, to get your work published is is pretty pretty hard. Apparently, yeah. coffee doesn't cause cancer. Tea does. Exactly. Sponsored by Nescafe. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy suspected that there was this journal. It's called the Urology and Nephrology Open Access Journal, and he suspected basically by reading the articles in it that it was a bullshit medical journal called a predatory journal. Of course. So to test out his theory, he actually wrote an obviously fake fraudulent medical paper and submitted it to the journal because they claimed to have a really thorough peer-reviewed process before it's published. This thing was completely just made up. Bogus. Absolutely bogus. bogus. And And it was through it. Yeah, and it was published. Yeah. So that sort of confirmed that he knew it was full of shit. The cool thing is, is that um, the paper purports to be a case study on uromycetosis, which is the poisoning, the fictional poisoning that Jerry claims he could get in the car park. Oh, you know where he gets caught pissing in the that's car park. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and where, if he holds it in, he'll catch that disease. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he wrote a he wrote um, an article. Apparently, he's a Seinfeld fanatic, <laughs> and he wrote this fake. Uh, fake medical article study on uromycetosis submitted it to this journal and it was published perfect um, good for him yeah he <laughs> wrote it lies. he wrote it as as Dr. Martin Van Orstrand which is one of Kramer's um, aliases aliases yes that's <laughs> he credited bogus authors one of them was Art Vandelay um, Art Vandelay no, Art Vandelay please no no one of them was Tor Ekman which is the you know in the heart attack when um, George thinks he's going to 
Um, I think he goes to a um, like a fortune teller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, her name's Tor Ekman. Oh, and that was yeah, one of the yeah. doctors or the authors praised right, in the right. article. Oh, great. <laughs> and <laughs> where do you come up with this stuff? Yeah, and he claimed that he was from the Arthur Vandalay Urological Research Institute. I, I was waiting for a yep. Vandalay, yep. you know, That's reference. It. I was yeah. waiting, and, yep. and we finally delivered. Yeah, perfect. So you know, all all it would have taken this, you know, if it was if it's a thorough peer reviewed process, <laughs> all it would have taken them is one Google search for any of the names and it just would have brought up thousands of links of Seinfeld well, but I think as long as it looked plausible you know if it looks like a duck yeah. smells like a duck feels like a duck quacks like a duck could be a duck yeah maybe or it could be a chicken yeah in this case could be a goose oh well he was certainly a goose wasn't yeah. he yeah and the final piece which is a bit of a bummer because we're talking about one of the world's biggest assholes <laughs> um, Chief White House Strategist Steve Bannon apparently in the 90s um, he's actually one of Trump's main cronies apparently in the 90s didn't he isn't he stood down at the moment no I no no Trump that was no no that was his intelligence advisor oh he, right. he got fired for apparently lying to the vice president no no Chief, anyway. Steve Bannon is the guy that looks like he drinks whiskey for breakfast basically right okay, he's okay. a pile of shit anyway uh, anyway um, that's your view not, yep. not the view of but I don't want to be a secondary character our opinions are our own it's 50% of our view <laughs> anyway um, he apparently owned part of Seinfeld in the 90s. So Is that right? Yeah. He, As in the, the, the rights to Seinfeld? Yeah, the rights to it. It's a bit vague okay. because the, the information's a bit vague. But Yeah, right. Um, basically, recently, Larry David found out and he was pretty pissed off about it. So okay. um, in a recent New Yorker article about Bannon, um, it's just a profile about him, it was revealed that during the 90s, he was like an investment banker. He worked for, um, I don't know, some big investment bank. Okay. And yep. during some business deal, he bought... I think he worked for a company that bought Castle Rock Entertainment, which owned the rights uh, to... To Seinfeld. To Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, then there yeah. was some wheeling and dealing, buying and selling. Again, it's all a bit vague. There's mm-hmm. no sort of financial records of all of it. It's not sort of 100% substantiated, but it's, you know... It's it, close. Yeah, it's close. it's close enough. Yeah, anyway. And, um, yeah, that pissed off Larry David something something <sighs> royal. Because something Steve, fierce. Yeah, well, Steve Bannon is openly an anti-Semite. He oh. started Breitbart News, which is, you know, a well-known alt-right mm. anti-Jew website yeah. you know they're openly anti-semite they're not vague or anything and larry david is a is a is a is a jew of course so yeah you know obviously <laughs> anyway. obviously pretty ticked off about it so, yeah 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 um yeah so that's it for seinfeld news and um there you go well good work Stephen. yeah uh, your, your news segment's uh, going pretty well that, that, yeah that you've definitely made it your own so. definitely i feel like that good work yeah let's so. go for a, for a quick break and uh, we'll get into our episode for this week Season 9, Episode 4, The Blood. Anyway, you're lucky I was there. You lost a lot of blood. (laughs) What? You got three pints of Kramer in you, buddy. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, the Australian-based podcast talking about the secondary characters from our beloved TV series Seinfeld. But I don't want to be a secondary character. We've done that in a while, have we? I oh, know, it's been a few weeks. Hmm. I was itching to say it. I thought, you know what? I know we when we first started doing the show, we do it like four times a show. Yeah. But I thought, you know, once in a while is all right. Yeah. So that's it'll, slow, our, it'll slowly come back. Yeah, that's our quota of one for <laughs> three weeks. One one per episode. We <laughs> get one per episode. One per episode. Not that's even it. one each, just one. One. One between us. 
So yeah, next time you say "but I don't wanna," and then I'll be, I'll say "be." Yeah, we'll we cut it in half. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're all about democracy here. We love it. This uh, week, oh yes, sorry. No, oh, I was cutting you in. Oh, you, you were about to announce. No, you're right. You oh, go. sorry, Steve. No, jeez. No, you're right. It's okay. You, you, no, I figured you're no, on no, such no, a, no. I figured you're on such a roll of Seinfeld news or from Seinfeld news. No. I thought I'll let you, I'll let you take this one too. No, no, I know what you, I know what your game is. Can you go. Well, welcome to this show. It's hosted by Ivan, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Season 9, Episode 4, The Blood, which I think is a, an episode that's not really talked about too much among Seinfeld fans. No. it's. No. Um, I thought it was a really good episode. I think it was great, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it should be held up as a classic, like, you know, say, um, I don't know, like the Yada Yada or something. You know, like one of those episodes that are just held in really, yeah. really high esteem. I think it's right up there with the best. Yeah, and actually, Stephen, after reviewing the episode again, oh, um, after reviewing it for the podcast, I figured that this episode may have snuck into my top ten ever. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. So That's a fair call. Just. Yeah. Probably eight, nine, ten, right. even ten. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good one. Anyway, I'll give you a bit of a synopsis about the episode in case, you know, there's people who may... may have not watched the episode for a few years, so I'll uh, give you a bit of a background. Uh, this one originally aired in the US on October 16th, 1997, and uh, it was written by Dan O'Keefe and directed by Andy Ackerman. In this one, Jerry's parents are concerned about Jerry putting on weight, and uh, realising he's out of shape, Jerry goes on a purification program to improve his health. Elaine begins to babysit a young boy called Jimmy, who's played by Colton James, uh, to help her friend Vivian, played by Kelly Waymire. Meanwhile, Kramer takes his blood from the blood bank where he's been hoarding it and uh, leaves it in Newman's meat freezer, much to Jerry's disgust. Uh, Jerry ends up in the hospital after a, a flying penknife lands on his jugular vein <laughs> and is shocked and repulsed when Kramer reveals that he gave him three pints of Kramer, his blood, after the accident. And I love the part, I reckon one of the best lines in the episode was when Jerry goes, I can feel Kramer's blood in me. Borrowing things from my blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you could hear the laugh from the, the studio audience. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was a good one. I was, a good I was line. laughing like that too. Yeah. Yes. It was excellent. <laughs> Very well timed. Yeah, it was good. Um, so what happens as well, Izzy Mandelbaum, played by Lloyd Bridges in his last ever TV role, uh, he made an appearance in The English Patient in season eight and he makes a return in this episode. Uh, Izzy is recruited to help get Jerry into shape and after Kramer replaces Jerry's car engine coolant with his blood, I don't know how Kramer came up with that, Jerry has another accident after an exercise mishap with Izzy and his son Izzy Jr, played by Gene Donarski. George begins to associate food with sex after smelling incense at his episode girlfriend Tara's place, played by Audrey Kissel, who we'll talk about a bit later. After a few mishaps, George comes up with a way to create chocolate pudding skins with that said penknife that hit <laughs> Jerry's jugular vein. Pudding singles, as I as I recall. Pudding singles, yeah, because apparently you don't get the pudding skins anymore like no. you used to when your mother used to cook it. On the stove. So Jerry would say yes. Yeah. And George goes on a food sex odyssey. And it takes a... <laughs> that's what I like to call it. Odyssey. Yes, and it takes a positive turn when Tara accepts this way of being intimate in the bedroom, including with the pastrami and Ryan Mustard. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm. After attempting to include TV in the equation, Tara breaks up with George, and he has trouble separating food from sex, as he becomes easily aroused after eating, or while he's eating food. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Oh. Uh -huh. It is good. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, George gets with Vivian after she reveals that she too enjoys pastrami with sex. And George becomes the babysitter to look after the naughty Jimmy should Vivian succumb to her illness. Because mm. she has a, like a, well, it's implied she has an illness. Like a medical terminal. condition. Yes. Yeah. It's and not revealed what it is. No. And if something goes wrong, then originally Elaine has to look after Jimmy. Then George has to. Who would you rather look after if you had a kid? As in 
if you if you had a terminal illness and Jimmy was your son, yes, would you rather Elaine or George look after him? Well, first of all, I'd leave Jimmy in the wilderness to fend for himself. Do you think he'd have a better chance at being a normal human being? I think it would make him a better person. Yeah. No, if I was to look after the kid, I'd probably give him to Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Even though she has so much orange juice and water poured into her purse. <laughs> yeah. I'm going I, through so many presses. Yeah, I think um she would impart less issues onto onto him than, than George would. Than George, yeah. Yeah. I mean he'd be a train wreck of a human being if George was the dad. <laughs> a single dad as well. Yeah. You know, he can't even look after himself, let alone yeah. another human being. So. Jimmy Jimmy would be affected in so many ways. Oh uh, yeah. 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 I don't uh, even want to think about that. Poor <laughs> no, kid. Me either. Special mention, because uh, we've pretty much talked about the secondary characters, or I did in the synopsis, but just one secondary character I'd like to bring up. Uh, there's the blood bank employee mm. who's unnamed, who mm-hmm. Kramer says, with all your hidden service fees and charges. Yeah. With the blood bank, oh, I'm going to take my bank, my blood elsewhere. Yeah. You know, in reference to like an actual bank with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's played by Yvonne Farrow. Okay. So, yeah, she she's just like, yep, yeah, it's your choice. You're the customer. Yeah, if you want to take it. Yeah, she's it. very reasonable, isn't she? Well, she has to be customer service. Yeah. She's on reception or customer service, whatever it is, on the desk there. And, uh, True. Kramer says what he wants, and he's going to take his blood. Hmm. Mm. So, they're the secondary characters. Oh, well, that's the plot synopsis, and we will get into the secondary characters. Yeah. So, yes. I guess we'll start with um, I guess we'll start with Vivian. Viv- okay, I was going to go Mandelbaum. No, we'll do Vivian and then then the Mandelbaums. Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. Oh, quick trivia about the episode before we get into Vivian. Sure. Apparently, um, in this episode, Jerry's parents they actually attend a funeral for a Mister Kessler. Okay. And uh, Kessler was Kramer's surname in the pilot episode. It was. He too. was meant to be Kessler. Well, no, that was his first name. Oh, sorry, that was meant to be his first name. Yes, yeah. Kessler. Yeah. And the funeral they're going to is for a Mr. Kessler. Ah, uh, that's a fun little nod. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of vague, like, during the dialogue, or in the dialogue during the scene, there's a lot of references to Kessler. Okay. It's like Kramer's like, boy, imagine what, what could have been. You know, I didn't like even pick that they're, up. they're kind of referencing the pilot yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, you know, and then I think Jerry says something like, "Oh, Kessler, what? You know, imagine if he was still around, or you know, something." Yeah, you know. it's always fun when shows are self-referential, self-aware. You know, yeah, yeah. And that was very self-aware. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, Vivian. Uh, yeah. So she is Elaine's mate. Yes. Um, I. It took me a little while to figure out what I thought of her or what. Um, you know what she'd be like um, if she were real. At first, I thought she was very sort of conventional and practical, just kind of boring yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, Did you then- notice her southern accent? She had like a light southern accent. No, I, I didn't pick that up. No, I don't know if it was the actress. She she was played by uh, Kelly Waymire. Yeah. Um, and just a bit about Kelly, she had roles in six episodes of Six Feet Under. Great show. F- yeah, and five in Wolf Lake, and uh, she actually she passed away in two thousand and three, aged thirty six. I feel like we're reporting a death every episode. I know. Like a lot of these actors are you know seventy, eighty, ninety years old, which is fine, but. Last week was um, uh, someone Shaddix. Glenn Shaddix, who played, Glenn Shaddix, uh, who who played, played Harold. Harold. Yeah, you know, know, and he was 50 or 60. And I know. What does Seinfeld do to I these know. actors? I don't know. Seinfeld curse. Maybe they just get bummed out because their careers peak, you know, and yeah. it's all downhill. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, I had to mention that sadly. But anyway, yes, about Vivian. So yeah. you thought that she was a conventional lady. Yeah, I just thought, you know, in the first couple of scenes, she's just very common sense, practical. Yeah, obviously a single mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but as the, time, as the episode goes on... Um, she's a bit more, bit more of a loose unit, you know. She's just a bit. I don't know. She's not completely core for light. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. Actually, diet, um, diet core for. <laughs> yeah, she's got a bunch of weird quirks and stuff that come out. And I realize as well, she's really she's in denial about her son. You know, like she's she, in denial. Yeah, she's, like about she's, his. She's sort yeah. of like whether it's deliberate or whether she's just completely ignorant or unaware. 
I don't know, but her son is an obvious little shit. Oh, bad. And she just bad. She just has no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I think so too. I think she's just blissfully unaware. Yeah. I think she's just turns the other cheek. Because I was going to talk about Jimmy yep. as well for a little bit. But yeah. no, I, I agree with, with that. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bastard. Yeah. Where do you think her food fetish comes from? I think she, from my understanding, this is my hypothesis. I think that she was experimenting maybe before she got married and had Jimmy or maybe when she was like a young adult or mm-hmm. something like that. She probably experimented. She probably met a man or like who experimented with that kind of stuff and maybe yeah. she fancied food and she thought, oh, food and sex looks pretty good. And then she tried pastrami. She wanted to be a bit adventurous and maybe she mirrored George's relationship with Tara, his girlfriend. Okay. Maybe she tried to bring pastrami into the equation and her boyfriend was like, oh, that's a bit much. And it became this embedded fetish. Yeah. Okay. And whenever she eats something, she becomes aroused. Yeah. Like George, that's what George develops. That would be three episode. times a day at least. Oh, at least. That'd be exhausting. I know. Oh, <laughs> caviar. No. Oh. Ah. Sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. So food and sex are both fantastic, mm-hmm. but together all the time. I you know. need a bit of separation. I think a little bit, yeah. yeah Plus, you know. if you throw TV, I, TV would work. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> Netflix these days. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix, pastrami and chill. Oh. New saying. Oh, damn. <laughs> more mustard. I'm more of need a... more uh, mustard. I'm more of a salami kind of guy. Okay. Not pastrami. Was that supposed to be some sort of innuendo? No, no. Literally, I, oh, like, right. I like mild Hungarian salami. That's my favorite. That was very specific. Yes. Twenty two ninety nine a kilo at the deli. Right. <laughs> Can't go wrong. There you go. Yeah. Have fun with your salami. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I think... I think um, she split with her husband when Jimmy was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I think to explain Jimmy's behavior, I don't think Jimmy, because I think Vivian was so busy with work and, you mm-hmm. know, plus she had the illness, you know, she was developing it. So she probably didn't have enough time for her son because it impl- it's implied that she's had a lot of babysitters yeah. over like the months or the years. Yep. I think the fact that Jimmy didn't have like, say, a father figure or kind of like a constant paternal or maternal figure, yeah. Jimmy may not have, you know... Just lack of parental presence Lack of parental presence. I think that's what made Jimmy the way he is. Yeah. I think her not being around as much, you know, he had no one to look up to permanently. Yeah, I think he he exhibits pretty classic behaviours of a neglected kid. Yeah. He's just attention seeking. Definitely. Just acting out because no no one's paying him attention. Yeah, he's definitely a latchkey kid. Definitely, Yeah. yeah. I was thinking as well, her... You know, because this show combines weird things, not weird, but... Blood, sex, blood, food. sex, food, all you of know, it. a bunch of things in a in a sort of, um, in a comedic way. Yeah. I think her health issues might be related to her food. How so? I just thought, even though she's not, um, you know, a larger woman, she's quite thin, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just thought maybe she has like a really high pastrami intake and she's got really <laughs> high cholesterol or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> Because they don't reveal what the health issue is. Maybe. Considering the episode context, I don't think that would be too weird. No, that sounds pretty accurate. I yeah. never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, she has cholesterol problems or Yeah, you know, maybe some sort of arrhythmia or something. or something, you know, yeah, heart-related yeah. issues that are just, um, you know, and she's got a battle between, like, you know... Uh, life and pastrami. Life and pastrami, that's it. Oh, my God. I you never know. thought of it that way. No. Yeah, you know, and she's sort of, she's not sure of how serious it could be. And I think that's just because she's not sure of how how much she can give up pastrami and other uh, you know other other meats. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do you reckon her husband left, or you know, assuming she had a husband, the father of Jimmy? Yeah. Do you reckon he left because? Um, because maybe, you know, she loved him over... Oh, sorry, she loved pastrami over him. Or maybe, or maybe like I said, they were experimenting with mm. food and then she 
threw in the pastrami. Okay. And then the husband was like, yeah, nah. Too much? Too much. Okay. And then the pastrami and the cold meats were affecting her life. True. Her family, mm. everything. So the husband said, nah, that's it. True. Yeah, I can't be with this woman. Maybe he was a vegetarian or a vegan. Yeah, maybe. It's like, let's bring some soy into it. And she, she kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. Lentils? Lentils. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> nah. Deli meats or nothing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Give me that processed meat, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess the next main secondary character is, um, I know he's a favourite of yours, Ivan. Yes, but is, is that... he in my top 10 secondary characters uh, that we've reviewed at the moment? I don't know. Is he? We'll find out. Well, maybe later on I'll give you my uh, top 10 secondary characters. Okay. That, that we've reviewed so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll go through that. We will. Indeed. Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. He's, uh, he likes himself, doesn't he? Oh, he sure does. Yeah, he's a very proud man. And he's very proud of his name. He is. He'll do anything he can to honour his family name. Yep. Even if he pulls out his back. Like yeah, he did an English patient. Yeah, it's not just yeah. his ego. It's, mm. it's, it's sort of its legacy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so. he's close to 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So. So, uh, Izzy, he was played by the late American actor Lloyd Bridges. Oh, and, man, this guy has had a stellar film and TV career, hasn't he? Yeah, Lloyd he Bridges, has. My like, goodness. Legit legend. Yep. He's also the father of actor Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges. Okay. Actors, yeah. I know the name Bo Bridges, but I can't recall what movies they're in. I'm not too shows. sure, but you know Jeff Bridges. Of course. So, Lloyd's his father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his credits, Lloyd's credits include spoof films such as Airplane. Uh, in Australia and parts of Asia and also New Zealand, it's also known as Flying High. In case you're wondering, you're like, what's Airplane? Ah, oh, Flying High. That's like we were talking about Airplane before we started recording. And you're like, what's Airplane? I was like, Flying High. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I saw it in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, same movie. He was also in Hot Shots, one of Stephen's uh, top 10 films of all time. And number two. And Hot Shots Part <laughs> Dis, as well as the uh, 19... Part de. Part de. Is de. it part de? De. Oh, de. Oh, de. Trois. Oh, quatre. Oh, I, I just know menage a trois. That's, okay. all, that's all the French. I can know. count to ten in French and say a couple of words. That's it. Please don't. No. Uh, he was also in the 1958 <laughs> underwater TV series Sea Hunt, which uh, ran until 1961. I almost okay. said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, see, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we would have definitely got an explicit rating. Probably. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Lloyd Bridges, before he got into comedy, he was in a lot of roles, especially like epics and also disaster, like TV shows, disaster films, particularly in the 50s and the 60s. And a lot of films relating to like underwater, like adventures, or maybe he played like a sea captain or an admiral or something. And in Hot Shots, I think he plays like a Navy captain. He's the president. But he has it. Oh, oh sorry. In the in second one. No, in the uh, first one doesn't he play like a like a captain or something? I can't remember. He's part of the navy. Yeah. Okay. He's he a rule. He's a bumbling guy. Yeah, but in, in number two, he's the president, so maybe he gets he gets um, elected between one and two in that universe. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense though because um, during his life he was part of the Coast Guard. In 2011, Bridges was posthumously named as one of six recipients. Um, to his sons, Bo and Jeff, of yes. the Lone Sailor Award, uh, which honours Coast Guard servicemen who have gone on to forge successful careers as civilians. There you go. Yeah, so I, I guess that it makes too. sense that, you know, um, he, has, he played a lot of roles, you know, to do with the sea. Yeah, the sea, yeah, particularly underwater and, the, and yeah. even above ground in, in the sea, yeah. So That's it. I think he played Izzy Mandelbaum very well. I oh, think he was and, great. And in this episode, it was actually his last ever TV role before he passed. Yeah, this I one, read yeah. that. Yeah, he didn't... Like, if you watch episode eight, he, he's, he's in The English Patient... Uh, season 8 episode 17 he looks much more healthier like yep. sprightly whereas in season 9 he looks a bit I notice he doesn't look as 
strong. Like he looks a bit sick. Like you can kind of see it. Okay. You know. Right. I didn't. I didn't notice the difference. But, no. Yeah. You know, you if he was, tell. if he was ill. Yeah. Um. I guess that would make sense. You mm. know, if he was sort of in decline around that time. I think it was the last was. year or two of his life. Yeah. I think it was like the last year or so. Do you know what he passed from? Uh, oh, I didn't read it. Yeah. Read up on it, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Izzy first appeared in um, The English Patient, Season 8, Episode 17. He challenges Jerry to a weightlifting contest, and uh, he throws <laughs> out his back. His son, Izzy Jr., who we're going to talk about in a quick sec, uh, and his father, I guess, Izzy Sr., I suppose? I think it's Izzy, Izzy Balm Sr. Izzy Balm Sr., yeah. Izzy Balm? Mandelbaum Izzy Mandelbaum. Yeah. Um, it sounds like cooking the names tonight. sounds like something you put on your arm. Izzy oh, Balm. Izzy Balm. Oh, yeah. Does, oh, ooh. my arm. This will yeah. cure what ails you? Yes. And they all threw out their backs. Yeah. <laughs> Much to Jerry's... I love that generic, like, uh, you know... The back, crack. Back cracking yeah. sound that's been used forever in TVs yeah. and movies. It's like, oh, my back. Oh, my back. I love when Jerry lifts the TV yeah. at the end. So effortlessly. Yeah, I know. It's like... Uh, and instead of being impressed, they're like, you think you're better than us, don't yeah. you? And he just, by that time, he's got the shits. He just he's walks done. out. He doesn't even look at them. He just yeah. walks straight out like, yeah. fuck you guys. Exactly. You know, you yeah. d- you all deserve your backs. Yeah. You know? So as referenced in The English Patient, uh, Izzy's wealthy as uh, he owns or he uh, took a fortune in a crepe restaurant chain called Magic Pan. Mm. Yes. And he's proud of his family name and he wears it with pride no matter the cost, even his back. Yeah. And he's... He'll, he'll pull out his back. Literally put out his back to honor his name. All three of them, or yeah, all three of them. Well, in 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 that episode, but yeah, we're talking about the blood. We are. So uh, he gets hired by Jerry's parents to help Jerry lose weight. <laughs> yeah. So he's. I mean, he's obsessed with physical fitness. He and sure just is. Winning generally, you know, at any cost. So how, how good's the gym they go to? I and know. Jerry's like, am I in a gym or is this a fitness museum? <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. all the old timey yeah. sort of contraptions and weights and stuff like <laughs> yeah. medicine balls. And, yeah, medicine uh, balls from like the 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, that old sort of like worn leather. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, you know, sort of... um like crusty sort of stitching and stuff. Yeah that's, yeah, that's so good. There's probably like, you know, trapezoidal weights and stuff, like, you know, those, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm making a trapezoid yeah, motion. Yeah, you are, yes. Um, you know, I don't even, I guess you just call them trapezoid weights. <laughs> you, I don't know, yeah. that they would put on machines and stuff. And do you know that machine, which is like a conveyor belt, but it yeah. vibrates, it's like... Brrr, yeah, it sort of like two. rubs against back and forth. It's yeah. meant to do something, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so is he, um, so obviously, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's wealthy. As mm. we can establish, he owns Magic Pan, the crepe restaurants. Mm. You know, he's very honor. I guess he has honor. Okay, he's an honorable man. He thinks he's top shit. Yeah, you know, he'll challenge anyone to a fight or a weightlifting contest, no matter what. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jerry's very bemused when he's hired as his personal trainer. Yeah, he um, it's funny how much. I mean, Jerry doesn't protest much. He sort of cops a lot of shit mm. and just sort of just deals with it. But just the fact that like none of the Izzy's take any responsibility it's always they they always externalize their problems they do yeah you know it's always everyone else's fault they're so proud Mm -hmm. that there's no possibility that they're at fault you know they're they're you know they're flawless and even even the slightest motion of like challenging their ideals yeah they'll consider it a challenge or a threat against their name like oh you think you're better than us huh yeah like in the english patient when um when morty's wearing the number one dad oh you think you're the number one dad? yeah 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 Yeah. what what does his son give him like it's like world's world's greatest dad dad. world's World's best and he's like worlds that trump's number one yeah 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 yeah. really it's a t-shirt who cares Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, he's definitely... I think he was raised... Well, we see his father, Izzy mm. Senior, in The English Patient. I think he was raised, you know, to be very... He's very patriotic. Well, not patriotic, but he's very patriarchal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he just... He's been raised to say you never tarnish the Mandelbaum name, yeah. no matter the cost. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. I reckon he's got a coat of arms. Probably, somewhere. yeah. You know? There's probably some old family emblem. Yeah. Do, do you reckon it started with... Um, uh, 
with Mandelbaum Senior, or do you think it it goes back even further? I think it goes back. Yeah, I think it probably goes back to like the Civil War. Yeah, you something know, like that. Mandelbaum. Yep, it's probably do a fight. I'll fight to the end, no matter what. I'm do you think the name? If we're talking about the Civil War, or you know, sort of some historic event, do you reckon maybe one of you know the original Mandelbaum who it started with was maybe you know a great hero, and they're trying to live up. You know, he set the standard of what the Mandelbaums can do. You know, maybe he was. I don't know, a great athlete or something. Maybe. You know, and they're trying to maintain that name. But they can't. Even though they're all, I mean, they're all old. But Or maybe, I think with, with Izzy, as in Lloyd Bridges is, mm. is Izzy, mm. I think he was like a champion. He might have been a good weightlifter or an athlete yeah. runner back when he was like probably in his 20s or 30s. He was True. probably, in his prime, he was like a top athlete, probably played football and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because Morty's mate, or maybe it was Morty mentions that he used to box with some old boxer. I can't yeah, remember his yeah. name in the episode, but... Yeah, that's true. Actually, he was probably yeah, or maybe you know, a boxer. Yeah. yeah, I think I think when he was younger, he would have been a great athlete. But I think he's still trying to hang on to the past. Yeah, and he's thinking, oh, I'm still good, even though he's eighty. Yeah, and his back goes out. But that's just pride, isn't it? It's pride. You know, yeah. Like you know, with um, and with pride comes a fall. So yeah, there you go. There you, you know, go. or a, or a you know, or a, or a fucked back. Exactly. So. And Izzy Junior, uh, he's played by Gene Danarski, and he's been in roles in General Hospital, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Duel. Yeah, there is main roles. He apparently. Uh, voiced um, someone in Command and Conquer Red Alert too. Oh, no way. There you go. Ah, cool. Yeah. Love that game. Yeah, it's great. Real-time strategy. Indeed. Oh, those are the days. They need to bring those games back. They do. Well, they're still around. Oh, they're still around, yeah, but they're not, not as big. That's as true. Used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think Izzy Jr. is just is exactly like his dad. Like yeah. his dad's ideals and mentality rub off on him. Yeah, so. there's not much to really say. I think they're pretty much just a, you know, he's, he's just a younger version of him, yeah. a carbon copy almost. And I love how he gets freaked out by the blood. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, there's this red stuff dripping dripping on my feet yeah and, and jerry's like oh no not the blood and then he freaks out and goes blood and then he hits the accelerator because he's scared yeah that and then jerry just falls and nails for, himself for um for a father and son who are pretty tough and pretty you know resilient i guess that seems a bit out of character that is you know i mean i i guess i would be freaked out if blood started dripping out of a car onto my feet but well, mm. just the fact that he kind of freaks out i don't know well maybe bodily fluids are like their limit True. Maybe even the mandel bombs have a limit. Yeah, I guess everyone has yeah. an Achilles heel. They all do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's blood in their case. Yeah. Why would they put Jerry in the back of a car and drive? You know, he's harnessed at the back and he's supposed to run to keep up with the car. Because they've got no idea. Because <laughs> they're idiots. I love it the, in the post-credit scenes or in the credit scene where he Jerry's in the hospital and then they're like, oh, so did they know that you were injured? And he goes, oh, well, for the first quarter mile, they thought I was dogging it. <laughs> yeah. And, it was like, yeah. and then they realised there was a problem or something. Yeah. And, and I love at the end when Lloyd Bridges is like saying stuff like come on get up you got to do it yeah you, you got to want it you know he's saying it through like the little makeshift all these little slogans yeah, yeah these, these, on. these cliches yeah you know it's exercise like, slogans you, you gotta want it yeah yeah it's good yeah so i guess do you have anything more to say about the um the mandelbums no no i just i just think lloyd bridges played it really well yeah uh, in the blood and obviously in the blood he wasn't he was more of like a he wasn't instrumental i guess to mm. the english patient like mm. like he was an english patient with this yeah. one he served the the plot well and i'm glad he made a comeback it do you think good. they would have brought him back for more episodes hadn't he uh, if he hadn't passed away he probably may have returned i guess for the finale okay he probably could have testified against jerry yeah he probably could have said oh uh, he he thinks his dad's better than me yeah, you know, true. or oh, he, you know, he he tarnished my name, or you know, he'll he'll yeah. he'd exaggerate. He would victimize himself, he even would. though Jerry didn't do, really do anything wrong. Yeah, which would go against the Mandelbaum name. Yeah, you that's know? true. You don't victimize yourself. Yeah. You don't put down the family name. That's it. And I think, um, you know, assuming that they're they're wealthy or they have some sort of restaurant legacy or just like a, a name legacy, um, you know, if he did come back in the final episode and testify against Jerry, that would sway, I think, the jury a lot because. 
you know people unfortunately put people like famous people in higher esteem they do you know when the same thing happens to a well-known person um you know people react more so yeah if if they knew that jerry did something against the mandel bombs that would you know that would, that that would influence yeah. them a lot. That I would think. sure would, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Especially an old man. Yeah, exactly. Knowing you're old. Three old men. Three old men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> assuming the senior is still alive at that point. Yeah, because it's, it's implied in the English patient that Izzy had Izzy Jr. when he was like a late teenager or something. Well, he got married in high school. He got married in high school, yeah, something like that. How old would have Izzy Sr. have been? Like 18? Well, 16? If, if we assume that... Um, Izzy Middle. We'll just call him Izzy Middle. Izzy Middle. Izzy, Izzy in the middle. <laughs> yeah, Izzy Fra- in the Frankie middle. Frankie Muniz. <laughs> <laughs> we'll assume he's 80. Yeah. So his um, son would be 60... Uh, probably say, 63, 60? 64. Yeah, so yeah he, looks, he looks around that age. Around 60s, yeah. And so I would assume that um, Izzy Senior would be Nine, probably mid-90s. 97, 98? Oh, yeah, Maybe yeah. Maybe yeah. when he was 17, 18? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they all, they all uh, Maybe marry Maybe that was young. part of the family legacy as the well. Battle you know, legacy, yeah, you know, marrying re- young. Reproduce young, make sure that family name lives on. Make sure those genes just carry through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's your biological, you know, evolutionary imperative. Yeah. Pass it on. Yes. Yeah. So that's that one. And uh, we'll come back straight after this and we'll talk about uh, just a little bit about, about Tara. Yep. Do you have any notes about her? Yeah, I've got a few bits and pieces about the other secondary characters. Not a lot. Yeah, beautiful, um, beautiful. Yeah, we'll go through them. And um, and I'll give you um, my top ten secondary characters that we've reviewed so far. And do you have a list, Stephen? Uh, I don't actually have one prepared. Oh, that's fine. Um, I'll, gi- I'll give I'll give out my list anyway. Yeah, cool. And um, I'll give mine in a later episode. Yes, excellent. We'll be back and listening too, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello, little boy. <laughs> Mr. Mandelbaum, you're the personal trainer? I'm here to whip you into shape, so grab your job. If you need one. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of Seinfeld. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And we're back for our ninth week, and we're talking about a ninth season episode, The Blood, which is episode four. Great episode. Yeah, great episode. So, so far we've gone through some Seinfeld news. Yes, we have. um, Some interesting bits and pieces. So, if for some reason you're starting the podcast now and not at the beginning, go back and listen to it. Rewind. Yes. Also gave you a bit of a synopsis about the blood, as we usually do every week. We uh, give you a bit of a rundown of the episode. And and we talked about what characters? uh, We've talked about uh, Izzy Mandelbaum and um, Vivian. Vivian. Yes. Yeah. And our final one we're going to talk about is George's episode girlfriend, Tara. Yeah. So, she was played by Audrey Kissel. Um, she's an actress. She didn't really have a, a long career, only for a couple of years. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No, you believe it? I, no. I looked at her. Like, I, I, I don't obviously use Wikipedia to get my sources, but you know, I went on there and I was like, "Oh, Wikipedia!" And you know how, like, if there's a blue hyperlink, it's an mm-hmm. article. Hers mm-hmm. is red. It's okay, like, what? She's right. got nothing. She's oh. been on Seinfeld and she doesn't have a freaking... I'm sure the guy who played the smelly valet who we spoke about <laughs> in episode four had a freaking um, Wikipedia page. No, Come he, on. No, no he, he probably didn't. We didn't no. even get his name. Nah, true. No. Yeah. So she... Yeah, she acted for a couple of years and then kind of... It's like she, you know, wanted to be an actress, decided she didn't like it and then yeah. just sort of disappeared. So. Audrey, if you're listening or if you know Audrey, get her in touch with us. Yeah. I want to talk to her. <laughs> I want to find out. I want to find out. It's a mystery. Um, Come on, Audrey. Yeah, so she was in three films um, that I know nothing about. The Lake, Talent, and Gross Point Blank. Oh, Never. Gross Point Blank. That was with uh, John Cusack. Oh, okay. He plays a hitman. Right. And uh, I think the idea is I think he's going to like a high, like a school reunion. Okay. High school reunion. And then I think one of the people in the thing's like another hitman. No, right. I think he, yeah, he's like a hitman who gets invited to a reunion. And I think there's another hitman who's coming after him. Yeah, it's like a comedy... 
okay kind of thing it was it was when john cusack was like you know he did high fidelity yeah it was like that period of like two three years where he got roles right you know like, where he like, got roles oh no you know like like yeah, 90s yeah. He, yeah. He, he he was like yeah he was getting he was roles. part of the zeitgeist the was, zeitgeist yeah. of the late 90s yeah that yep. was like around that time yep high yeah. fidelity awesome film. high fidelity is freaking awesome so good jack black's good in that one too yeah that um that that ignited my love for lists yeah yeah yep i love lists too. yes so tara is uh george's episode girlfriend as ivan mentioned and um I immediately got like a new agey yeah. incense, mm-hmm. you know, probably has multiple copies of Kama Sutra, you know, <laughs> yeah. refers to sex as love making, not sex. I love, I love when George smells the essence and he's yeah. like, is that cream soda? And she it's goes, vanilla. it's vanilla. He's like, oh, mm. how good is it? Like when he smacks his lips I know. before it cuts yeah. to the next scene. It's such, just, a, it's such a funny little subtle sort yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. You see like the smacking of his lips. Is like, yeah, yeah. 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 You can see his, his insatiable appetite begins. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think she's very new age. I think she's, you know, she's probably vegetarian or vegan, yeah. perhaps. Yep. Um, I reckon she reads, uh, there's an author called Eckhart Tolle. He wrote a really famous book called The Power of Now, and it's all about mindfulness and oh, okay, that yeah. sort of stuff. You know, like sort of, uh, you know, it's sort of, I guess we would call it a self-improvement book, but yep. yeah, it's more from a spiritual point of view than a practical oh, point of view. right, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, really famous in, in that sort of world, I guess. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, he was actually recently in Melbourne. He did a, like a show talk and, whatever in um i don't know it was like margaret quarterina like some big venue and you didn't tell me this no i should have bastard no so um <laughs> that's it I you're reckon, not getting my blood oh that's all right i don't think we're even the same type I, I have no idea i don't even know what blood type i am i'm o positive man okay cool good yeah. to know if i'm o positive then um yep i'll keep you in, in mind yeah three pints of ivan in you buddy <laughs> listen to your pulse <laughs> <laughs> listen listen to your pulse Hey buddy. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. Hey buddy. <laughs> hey buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Kramer's so on point in this episode. Yeah. I reckon Tara is also a Buddhist or something. Buddhist. Yeah, I reckon okay. she does yoga. I don't know, just all that sort of new agey hippie yeah. dippy whatever which is all fine mm-hmm. but you know it all in my mind that's all associated so she must be a vegetarian then probably yeah um i reckon she would have a lot of crystals in her house i think know, so promoting too. certain energies and all that sort of stuff all that kind of stuff what would george see in her though um sex your sex yeah he's he's, he's he's pretty bassist mm. you know he's, he's very very perverted <laughs> yeah he's perverted but like you know, he just he wants to dissatisfy base desires. He even says it in the episode: uh-huh. food and sex are his two passions. You know, she wants to have sex with him, so that's that's good enough for him. I'll bring food into the equation, exactly. Or into the equation, yeah. Yeah. and then TV, like three very basic, you know, sort of bread and butter desires that mm. most people have. That's that's him. That's that's George. But the TV, if he try when he tries to incorporate it into the food and sex, that ruins it. I know. Tara's like, that's it. Yeah. Do you think she owns a TV? I don't think she owns a TV. Probably not. Something tells me she doesn't. No, I reckon no. she'd read a lot. Yeah. You know, and not you know, she'd probably have some sort of um, objection to television. I think so. Yeah, which is fine. Um, I reckon you know, sort of on the more sexual side, as I said, I think she would have <laughs> um, you know copies of Kama Sutra. Oh yeah. I reckon she'd also have a lot of oils and scents. Yeah. And be into massage, like before lovemaking. All that kind of stuff, you know, which obviously very, they couldn't depict on screen, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. You know, probably Tantra, just all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, it's all it's all fine, but that's just what I got. Yeah. Probably lots of lubrications as well. Yeah. You know, I'm glad she was only in one episode. I yeah. couldn't see her going into She wasn't episode. very funny. No. Like, she, she... She served the plot well. Yeah, she definitely. Did yeah, she was fine because she countered George... But, you know, she wasn't a funny character. No. Um, I don't think she was meant to be. No. No, not at all. Um, she was meant to serve as a vehicle for George's appetite. Basically, yeah. 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 And obviously, almost like the opposite to George. Yeah. You know, she's, 
she's into sort of more, I guess, higher desires, if you like, whereas he's just base level, you know, food, sex, and television. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's all I got to say about her, really. Yeah, that's yeah. really it. So, yeah. you want to go through your list, mate? I will. Top 10 secondary characters. So, what I've been doing is I've been compiling a list of characters that we've been speaking about for the last nine episodes. Yep. And I put them into my top 10. And there might be some which were already in my top 10, and there are a few where I didn't realize how good they were until we talked about them. Okay. So, I'll give you the list now. Giddy up. All right, at number 10, I have Kevin, where we spoke about in episode 6, the Bizarro Jerry. He was the Bizarro Jerry. Yeah. He's number 10. I think, for me, he's a throwback to the old sitcoms I mentioned in that episode. Yeah, very wholesome. Yeah. Very nice. And he was very well written. Yeah. He was great. Number 9, Mrs. Oliver, a.k.a. the Goiter Lady. She's great. Yeah. We talked about her in episode 2, the old man. I mean, and the affair with Gandhi. Come on. That's fabulous. Well written. (laughs) Number 8, the Smelly Valet. From yeah. uh, the smelly valet we talked about in episode four. That's um that's pretty impactful for a non-speaking role. I know. It's, you, know. you can say this list stinks, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. No. Number seven from last week, the apartment episode eight. Harold and Manny. I put them as one character. Yeah, they go hand in hand. It's an absolute yeah. It's an absolute shame that they didn't come back, but they served the plot really well. And uh, yeah, I think they were a great addition to the episode. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to have seen them. They were one which I actually appreciated after we did the episode. Yep. So, number six, Sid Fields, once okay. again from the Old Man episode two. The titular old man. The titular, yes. Number five. Jerry's girlfriend now not to be confused with the bizarro Jerry Vanessa but Jerry's girlfriend Vanessa from the stakeout yep. we spoke about two weeks ago in episode yep. 7 I think she's a great character she's awesome she's awesome and yeah. she's in the stock tip a later season have you watched that one episode? recently uh, no okay, no, I will good episode yeah yeah very good so I think I really like her I think she's a good, good character she's cool she's played well yep I think because um, you know just a point on, just a thought about that I think um you know, in season one, obviously the 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 um you know the secondary characters didn't have their annoying quirks and idiosyncrasies that that tick the core four off. Yeah, you know that kind of wasn't an established part of the the show format. No, she was I very conventional. Because, yeah, she was kind of like normal, yeah. if you will. And a lot um, of the secondary characters in episode or season one, rather, they were more bit parts. Yeah, they weren't necessarily. They were there to kind of serve the plot. Yeah, but they weren't really driving the story like yeah. the later episodes. Yeah, so yeah. Vanessa was one of them. Yeah, and I think it's sort of a nice, you know, even though they're all okay, yeah. Um, you know, the fact that, she, you know, she was kind of the most normal yeah. out of Jerry's girlfriends, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I get why she's um, she's in your top five. She's in there, yes. Number four, Lieutenant Bookman from the library, episode three. I know you love about. him. Yeah, he's great. Yep. Love his lines. Mm. Love his monologues. Number three, we talked about in our premiere episode, the Super Nazi, Bob and Ray. Yep. A.K.A. Cedric. They'd like, be in my top ten. Yeah, I mean, you love them, and since then I thought about it, I'm like, I love them too. Yeah, they're, they're just so funny. Yeah, they're good. Yep. They're fabulous, and they turn up in a couple more episodes. Yeah. They're good. Number two, the Soup Nazi. Okay. You know, I, I had them at number one before we started doing this podcast. I okay. thought Soup my favourite, but yeah, he's dropped to number two. Okay. He's still fantastic and a well-rounded character, and I think us doing our analysis of him really opened my eyes to how well-developed his character was. Yeah. I think even though he only had a total of, say, a minute airtime mm. or two minutes max, I think, yeah, putting a backstory behind it, I think really, for me, really made it. Yeah. Like, yeah Do you think the good. fact that he's based on a real-life person helped sort of flesh him out a bit as well? Like I it, think, yeah. Yeah. I think it did too. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and definitely had a had a huge part in that too. Mm. The fact he was like a caricature of a real person. Yeah. Yeah. And who's number one? Number one now, I know we've done an episode, a full episode of her, but she is my number one. Susan. 
Wow. We talked about in episode five, what's the deal with Susan? Like I said, I know we devoted an hour of talking about her, but ever since we did, a lot of things came up for me, like how she wanted, she probably wanted to start a family, okay. you know, her good nature, her wealth, how, why was she attracted to George? That really intrigued me. Yeah. You know, I never yeah, thought of it. Yeah, we spent a lot of time. We came up with like three or four different possibilities. Yeah. So, yeah. We did, which yeah. was incredible. And I think this one really opened it up. And, and this is one where she wasn't even in my top 10, mm. Susan. Like, Susan was good, but I never picked her. But she's my number one. Wow. So far, as of nine episodes in. So okay. every every week or so, we'll uh, pull out our top 10. And uh, the, the list will always change. It's an ever-changing list. Yeah. So next week's a bit of a special episode of, of the podcast, which we'll get uh, into in a touch. Yeah, yeah. We but um, yep. I'll, I'll go through my list in season 11. Episode oh, 11. Episode 11. Yes. Season 11. We won't tell you what episode yet. Uh, you'll have to find out next week. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or actually, you know what? Let's tell them. Yeah. Episode okay. Episode 11. There's nothing wrong with that. The outing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's no one's business. Who's sexual preference? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> such a good episode. Those cool arts. Yeah. That would be top 10 episode for me. Okay. Definitely. Cool. So nice. good. So that'd be episode 11. But episode 10, Stephen, you might as well uh, tell it now. What's it going to be? Yeah. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a fun one. Um, next week, we're doing our second What's the Deal with episode. Yes. Um, and we're concentrating on the parents of the core force. So that would be George's parents, um, Jerry's parents, Kramer's mum, and Elaine's dad. Yes. Um, and we have some special fun guests, which are my parents. Yeah, that's right. So they were in Melbourne recently. Um, and they agreed to come on a bit reluctantly, but I, I pushed them into it. Yeah, and, and it was a really fun episode. Yeah, so we yeah. recorded, you know, given that they're my parents and we recorded an episode about parents um, and also the fact that they're both pretty big Seinfeld fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Which they, surprised me. Yeah, they yeah. came on and, you know, gave some extra bits and pieces and it was a whole lot of fun. So that will be next week's episode. Um, yeah, episode I can't 10. wait. Yeah, can't what's wait. the deal with the parents? The so, Seinfeld parents. The Seinfeld parents, of course. That's it. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that wraps it all up. That's about it for this that's episode, isn't it? That's about it for the yeah. blood, yes. Bit of a shorter one. Oh, it was. You can follow us on at Bidwabask, rather, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're on. You can also email us, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to drop a line. And uh, thank you so much for listening to us today. And it's always great to hear, you know, we're, it's always great to put out episodes for you, and we're really liking the responses that we're getting. Yeah, and if you have Keep any thoughts at all, please get in touch. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, we'd love to hear. And um, actually, one sort of specific thing I wanted to mention is uh, if you subscribe on iTunes, please leave a review. So we'd really appreciate it. Um, And a rating, whatever it is, um, it would mean a lot to us. That would be great. If you can spare a minute or two, please... Please do so, and we'll, um, yes. you'll forever be in our hearts. Forever, forever, forever. You're all winners. You're all winners <laughs> from last week. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And that was, but I don't want to be a secondary character.